Well, good morning again, Finding Life Church. I'm on the Twitter. I have, <laughs> I have a, an account, and I follow that quite religiously. And there is a, a magazine called Relevant that I follow, and on one of their feeds, they uh, did a post about uh, the rapper Mac Miller, who I don't know, who died um, this past week, I believe, at age 26 of a supposed overdose. And they referenced an article that um, was written about an interview that he gave um, a few, I think it was a few days, it might have been a few weeks before um, he died. And in that article, he was just, um, they were talking back and forth about um, how he was, what was the genesis of his lyrics and the songs that he was writing and his albums and such. And, and in that, there was a paragraph that I found very interesting. And it was this idea of these daily, of these battles that we face. And he was saying that we have these battles that are outside of us. And he was referencing um, the paparazzi and friends and family that wanted different things from him. And then also he talked about the internal battles that, um, that he faced, that each one of us faces. And, and he said, you know, we, we do these two battles. And, and, and then this line, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course. I don't remember exactly how it was said. But what I remember him saying was this idea of, that we have these two battles, and really all we can do is just do all that we can do, do the best that we can, and that's all that we can hope for. And when I read that, um, it really saddened my heart because, you know, when I was a young man at age 10 or just a little, little boy, a little child, whatever it might be, I came to know Christ as my Savior, and I didn't really fully know what that meant or looked like in my life. And as my life progressed, I began to know more, more and more fully what it meant to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And, and through the years, you know, God has brought different people into my life to help shape what it means. And we've talked at length about what it means to be an adopted son, an adopted daughter. We've talked at length of what it means, right, to have this identity in Christ, to be fully loved and accepted, and, and I'm a child of God, and all of that beauty of what that is. And we talked about this commandment that we have as a church and as a people, if we're a follower of Christ, is that we are to Go make disciples. And our mission that we talked about a couple weeks ago is that we're on mission to make disciples together every day. And the, the vision that we have is that we want every life to be transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. And now that's not just pretty words on paper. That is a reality for me, and it's a reality for our elders, and I pray that's a reality for you. Because for me, when I read that about this particular young man who departed this earth way too early, I mean, from what I understand, 
his artistry was incredible. But he left this earth way too early, and, and I think it could have been different if his life would have been transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. And he would have been able to say, well, that's not all that I can do, right? That's not all that I can hope for. I have this hope now in Jesus Christ, and my life has been transformed, and now I can take this thing that God has created in me, this gift, this artistry, and I can use it to impact the world for his glory and for his honor. And I pray that that touches your heart, and you go, that's what I want. That's what I want for every person that I'm connected with. To be a part of a group of people that is making disciples together every day so that every person, man, woman, and child, has this daily encounter, whether it's through something that I say or whether it's through something that I do or whether it's something I show that I'm doing to other people, this daily encounter with Jesus Christ, that's one of our values, saturation. That's what we believe. That's what we want to have happen. We're not just going to church. We are the church. And what does that look like? We take the church. We are the church in our business, in our workplace. That's the same thing, by the way. Um, in a school, uh, in our neighborhoods, in our families, or whatever it might be, this is what we are. We don't just do Church, we don't just go to church. We are that and more. Our values, in order for those things to happen, we need to surrender our life to Jesus Christ. To give up our rule and our reign in our own life. And, and I think we're happy to do that because we have said yes to him and we treasure him above all things. In order for us to accomplish this, we need to be dependent on him, dependent on him. We need to pray to God regularly. We need to be authentic. What does that look like? It's hard to be authentic in a room like this. It's easy for us to come in, put a mask on, and leave and appear to be pious, appear to be religious, or whatever it might be, and then from Monday through Saturday, there's a different person that lives out our life. We want to be authentic, and that's the only way that we can do that is if we're fully secure in who we are in Christ, this identity that we are, and then from that we can be authentic because we know that our, our life is secure in Him, and we can move forward and be authentic and and allowing God to use different people in our life to, to mold and shape us to be more like Christ. To move from that continuum of being an unbeliever to, to being a believer in him. And to being more like Jesus Christ. And then to be gracious, right? Because God has been gracious to you and I. Therefore, it would make sense that that's where we need to be. That's what we need to do. Today marks this series that we're going to get into that talks about, well, how are we going to do this? It's fine to talk theory, but Kevin, how are we going to do this? And we've designated what we call the four G's, and it's really the strategy. It's, it's gather, 
it's using the word or the letter G. It's gather, go, grow, and then give. And briefly, gather is what we're doing on a Sunday morning. And, and we feel like this is vitally important. Go is what we're going to focus on this morning. It's missional communities. And we're going to talk more in depth on what that looks like. Grow is what we're calling these DNA groups. Discover, nurturing, and acting on what God is doing in our life. And you're going to do that with two other people that have the same gender. And you're going to explore what it means to be more of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then give is just what it is. It's kind of weaved in through all three of those. It's because God was so generous to you and I that we, and out of response to that, are going to be generous back to him through the things that he's given us, our time. He's given us our time, so I want to be generous with my time to accomplish the mission that God has given me. I want to be generous with my talents, what God has given me, not just to be selfish about who I am, but I want to use them to further the kingdom in whatever context that I am. And then I also want to be generous with my resources, whatever that might look like, not just for this, but for whoever God's put in my life. I want to be generous in that way. And so this is really our strategy. This is how we're going to accomplish our mission and our vision it is this, gather, go, grow, and give. And so this morning we're going to talk about the going part, the missional community part, and what that looks like. So a missional community, a missional community is, is a gospel community that lives out the mission of God together in a specific area to a particular group of people, and, and this is how they do that. They, they, they demonstrate the gospel in very tangible forms and they declare the gospel, so it's both, right? It's demonstrating the gospel in very tangible forms, and then it's declaring the gospel to others. And it's both to those who believe it, it's meaning those that already are a follower of him, those that believe, and to those who, who um, are just being exposed to what it means to be a follower of Christ. Those are just being exposed to this idea of Christianity. And so simply put, this missional community is a family of missionary servants who make disciples who make disciples. That's part of our mission statement, and we can see that in Matthew 28. Um, but I want us to understand that there's a community of people who are doing this in their everyday um, stuff of life, who are devoted, who are absolutely devoted, right, to Jesus Christ, first of all. And then from that, they're devoted to one another as brothers and sisters. And then from that, they're devoted to their neighbors and to their city to see, right, them being transformed by the love of Jesus in their life. And so what is that? I mean, what would that look like if we had a bunch of these missional communities in our city demonstrating very tangibly and demonstrating by declaring the gospel all over, south, north, east, west. I mean, what would that look like? That, to me, would be pretty amazing. And I pray, that, I mean, that's where my heart is. That's what God has led me for the last 27 years through the church in, or through seminary and through the church in, um, out in Gothenburg, the church in Kearney, and the different experiences that I've had and now here, and we've talked about that before.
But we want to move from the theory part of it to practice. We want to move from good intentions, and that's a good intention, it's a good thing to do, to action. So we want to launch these this fall. We want to begin to launch missional communities this fall. And I want to put a little caveat there to say that we're not expecting all of you to say, yay, I want to be a part. Because I realize that there's going to be, I mean, human nature is that there's going to be a group of people that are going to adopt this right away and go, yes, I want to be a part. There's going to be a larger group that's going to be a little slower, and they'll eventually be a part, but there's going to have to see it happen or whatever it might be, and then there's going to be a group that's going to lag a little further behind, and it's going to take them a little bit longer to, to catch up and to be a part. I understand that, and that's okay. Right? That's part of our values. We understand, and, and we're not going to push you to doing something that you don't want to do. We want you to continue to be a part of our church family, continue to do, to, to, to do this gathering together with us, and that's fine. But if it's something that you would love to do, I mean, this is where we're headed. This is where we feel like, it, or feel like, this is what we believe to be the path for you to become a more committed follower of Jesus Christ. And so if you have said yes, then, then we would love for you to attend the gathering on a regular basis Sunday morning. We would love for you to be a part of this missional community. We would love for you to be a part of a DNA group. And then weaving through all that, be very generous with your time, talents, and treasure. So before we get into what a missional community is, I want to talk to you about what it is not specifically. A missional community is not primarily a small group. It's not primarily a small group. Um, well, obviously, it's a small group of people that meet. Um, but it's much more than that, than, than what we maybe have typically identified as a typical church small group. It's not primarily a Bible study. Even though the scriptures play a vital role in a very foundational role in the life of a, and I'm just going to, for lack, because um, I don't want to say missional community all the time, I'm just going to say MC, okay? Are you with me? MC means missional community. Sound good? Nod. I know I have two lights in my eyes right now, and I can't see you, so if you don't nod, just, but just kind of grunt or moan or <laughs> clap your hands. <laughs> I know that you're with me. So we're just going to say missional community. All right, no, I'm not. I'm just going to say missional. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. MC. So the goal of studying the Bible is, uh, is going to be a part of what an MC does. But it's not something simply to gain more knowledge or to... Um, to fill that brain of yours and to say, wow, look how smart I am. Because what I feel like happens when we do that is that it gives us this false sense of being, I'm pretty spiritual then if I know all this knowledge. And it fools me into believing that as long as I'm doing that and I don't ever do the being obedient part which scripture is very clear needs to happen, if I'm never doing what I am learning, then I don't believe you're becoming more like Jesus Christ. 
So it's not primarily a Bible study. It's not primarily a support group. Um, a MC is something that we're going to really dive into that talks about being a family um, with one another before or because of what Jesus has done in our life. And, and that group is going to carry and support um, each one in that group and their burdens and their cares. Like when we lost our granddaughter, that a missional community, an MC would would come alongside my wife and I and be very practical in, in praying and supporting and loving and sensing when we just need a hug or sensing when I needed a word of encouragement or sensing when I just need to go out and play golf or do frisbee golf or whatever it might be. So it's more than than just a support group. It's more than um, a social activist group. Because an MC is going to be very active by nature, it's going to be very active in their community. Um, because they recognize that Jesus is Lord of their life and they, um, not just their life at church, but every sphere of it. So their workplace, their neighborhood, wherever they might, the school that they're at or whatever might be, that he's calling you and I that we are to be a foretaste of, of what heaven is going to be like while on earth as he restores everything to, 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 to uh, see, newity is not a word, to newness, there we go. I'm slow sometimes. Um, is the final restoration of all things in Jesus. This is what he's doing. And he's using you and I to give that, that, that little taste of what that's going to be like. But, but if we limit it just to this social justice or the social activism, then we begin to realize that we're not um, really doing the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of Jesus' mission in our life. And so it's more than just the social activist um, justice part of things. And it's also more than just a weekly meeting. It's understanding that church is, is, um, that church is not a building. And I think we understand that very well because we're a mobile church. I hope, I pray. Um, just ask any of our volunteers, and they will tell you. It's just more than a building. It's more than just this weekly meeting. And a missional community, an MC, is more than just their weekly meeting as well. It is beginning to develop this community of people that are participating in Jesus' mission to the world and I hope when I'm reading this that you're sensing something grander going on here. I say you're beginning to weave your life with other people's lives that love Jesus Christ and are maybe are on that fringe part and, and even those that are not yet quite fully been exposed to this life of Jesus and you're weaving your life with them. 
and you're beginning to participate in Jesus' mission that he's called us to, to transform, right, our ordinary, everyday life to seeing other people be transformed by his love and to grow deeper and deeper and deeper in who he is. And we get to do that 24-7. 24-7, and you get to do it with these people that you're going to weave your life together with um, in the week. I am going way too long. I've got so much to get to. I do this all the time. So here's what to expect in a missional community is um, there's three elementary principles, and I'm liking these. Th this is why this is important, because uh, our family did, started fantasy football last year, and which means I, I love fantasy football, and I, my son-in-law also loves fantasy football, and this is the first time he played last year, but my wife and my three daughters and my other two son-in-laws, yeah, not so much. But we convinced them to, do, to take part in this. And so for them, my wife and my three daughters are very competitive. Man, almost more than I am. And so they really got into this last year, and we convinced them again to do it this year. But for them to really engage in fantasy football, they needed to know, and I love my wife, but sometimes when she's asking me so many questions about football and the rules and all that, I'm just going, oh, just look it up on the Internet. I know, I'm sorry, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> but I'm explaining to her the rules and explaining to her these players so that she can engage in fantasy football and have fun with all the rest of us. And I shouldn't say surprisingly, but surprisingly, my wife has done a really, really good job of learning the rules and learning the players. And now she's talking about um, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and all these players, and she's up to date on what's going on. And I'm thinking that's pretty cool. That's really pretty cool. But she's beginning to learn the rules. And, and that's what these are for, our for really church, for our missional communities. For us to begin to do a missional community well, you need to understand the principles that make it go. And, and the first one is the gospel. We want you to become fluent. The second one is really understanding community. What does that look like? And the third one is really understanding mission. And I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a, um, a refresher again of what those are. I mean, the gospel, right? The gospel is good news. We cannot gloss over this. This is foundational to what it means to be in a missional community, to be in an MC. The gospel is good news that Jesus has defeated sin, death, and evil. Right, through his own death and resurrection, and don't forget the resurrection part, through his own death and resurrection. And he's making all things new, even you and I, as we are adopted into his family. The message of the gospel shows that, that he has defeated sin in the past, right? That he is defeating the power of sin in my life right now, and that he has defeated the presence of sin after we pass this earth into heaven. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8, and I'm not going to take the time to read it this morning, but read that because it talks about what the gospel is. It's what Paul is giving to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. 
that we have been safe from the penalty of sin, that we're being safe from the power of sin, and that we'll be safe from the presence of sin in our life in heaven. And in 1 Peter it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. I mean, you should be going amen to that. This is from God's word. He's saying this is what you get to look forward to, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, and it's kept for heaven for you, who by God's power is being, or are being guarded through faith for, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And I want you just to imagine with me a world that is filled with joy and the wholeness of God's presence rather than a world that's filled with misery and brokenness of sin's presence. A world with uh, no mourning or crying or pain where God himself will directly comfort his people, you and I. And this is the incredible future, the incredible future that's possible because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross and the resurrection um, of his body. And he's going to return and finally make everything brand new again and restore it. The more even, not the more, but the really astounding truth in this is that this reality, this future hope that we can have can begin to change this present reality that we have right now. When we know that the story or how the story ends, that sin and death will not ultimately have victory over us, it gives us faith, it gives us faith to persevere. It gives us faith to persevere through the struggles of life in this fallen and very broken world. I mean, we think about it. What soldier would not charge straight into battle knowing without a shadow of doubt that he wasn't going to be killed and he would end up winning the battle? I mean, who wouldn't, if they knew that, would not just go, ah, well, I don't want to do that. I can't, I'm, I have a weak voice and I can't do a great battle cry. I wish I could. So pray for me. Maybe someday I will learn but I would love to be able to just give this battle cry that would just go, oh, yeah. But I can't. It's this whiny thing. I'm just going to stop. Uh. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear a whiny battle cry. Right? Who wouldn't just grow, go into battle with knowing that this battle is going to be won and I'm not going to be killed? And, and similarly, we know the end. And no matter how messy and how hopeless our lives or our communities or whatever it is, is that we know that this is not the end. We know that this is not there's all there's to it because we have this hope in heaven. And so why wouldn't we, just like that soldier going into battle, why wouldn't we do the very same thing? We don't have to live a life that's dazed. We don't have to live a life that's confused. We don't have to live a life of brokenness.
Okay. Community. We're going to live our life in community, our identity. It gives us security. It gives us significance. And it comes from what God does for us, not for what we do for ourselves. You remember that and what we talked about earlier. And here's four questions, and this is what I know to be true. Who is, who is God? What has God done? Who are we? And, and then, and then um, what do we do? So God is Father. What has God done? He's adopted us. Who are we? We're family. Now what do we do? As family, we love God and we love one another. That's what a mission community is all about. Who is God? He's the Son. God the Son. What has God done? He's purchased us. Who are we? We're servants. As servants, we serve him. We serve God. We serve the king. We serve Jesus. And then from that, we serve others as a, a movie trailer, or as a foretaste, right, of the coming kingdom. Who is God? He's the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. What has God done? He sent us. The Holy Spirit has sent us. Who are we? We're missionaries. Now, what do we do? We live as missionaries, because we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit as we share and show the good news of Jesus Christ. We understand that this is a messy community, that it's going to, that, um, that when we are a part of this, it's just, it's, we're, we're going to mess up. We, it's because we're sin-filled people still. We're not completely perfect. But we get to um, love one another. I've just been done, just got done reading First John, and that's just such a beautiful book. And maybe we'll um, parse that out more in 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 this next year. What that looks like to love. Such a beautiful book. And we also are commanded to speak the truth, speak the gospel, the gospel to each other in love. Um, as we mess up. And that's what it means to be authentic. I think that's that whole reasoning behind real is better than perfect. And then here's the thing that maybe separates a missional community and MC from um, a small group of people in a church setting is this idea of mission. That God's on mission to restore all things for his glory and for our good. And he sends us uh, through the spirit to the power of the Spirit, the same way that he sent Jesus Christ to this earth to, um, to be his ambassador, to be his representative. And we get to participate as his missionaries, as his ambassadors, when we make disciples who make disciples for the good um, of our cities. So how do I start? How do you and I start? Here's the first thing. Do you have a vision to see those around you encounter the people of Jesus and Jesus himself? That's where I would say we start. I would love for you to begin praying, God, what is it inside of me? Birth something inside of me. Do I have this vision to see people uh, People around me encounter um, God's people and you yourself. This is what's needed in an MC and a missional community is three things. 
It, it needs a leader or leaders who, who have this vision, who can take initiative for the benefit of others. And so that's the first thing. The second thing it needs is a committed, committed core or a small group of people that want to rally around that leader or leaders. So it needs an essential leader. It needs a group of people. And then the third thing it needs is a, is a plan for an outward mission. So some kind of people group or some kind of mission that they're going to be a part of. And those are the three things. And when we have those three things, then I believe that, that you're ready to move forward into figuring out what that looks like. And so we're ready and we want to help you. So we want to identify those leaders. We have three now already, four really. We have four now already. And we're going to begin to take those. And if you want to join, you can email me or talk to me today. And I would love for you to be a part of that. And we're going to train them. It's not going to be long. We're going to do a combination of online training. So they're just going to be able to access um, through Planning Center videos that will help them at their, their leisure to, to um, figure out what it means to lead a missional community. And we're going to do a couple of um, where I'm going to uh, share what that means and what that looks like. And we're going to offer that several different times so that you know if you may miss that one, you'll have an opportunity to do it again. And we're going to do that here in the next three weeks, and I'll share with you what those dates will be. Um, and so what you're going to be able to do then is you identify that, and if you get a group of people, and if you have this mission, or maybe you don't really know exactly what that looks like, but we'll help you identify what that looks like, and you're saying, yes, I'm ready, then you're just going to tell me, and we're going to help train you and move forward in that. And we're going to start that this fall. I always struggle with a message like this because it's not taking a passage of Scripture and, and, and diving it out. It's, it's taking what that looks like, the theory, and then also giving some some very practical, this is what it looks like. And I don't want to be too heavy on either one of those because um, it's going to hit and miss for different people. But this was a tough one for me today. But I pray that you kind of got both and, and say, we're ready to go. This is how we're going to do it. If you want to be a part of that, let me know, and I'll help you be a part of that. But if you don't want to be a part of that, that's fine. Keep doing what you're doing. And when, we'll, when you're ready, we'll onboard you, and it'll be great. But this is where we're looking forward to. I want to close with this before we head into communion. Um, my family, we went to uh, Colorado. We've done this now for a couple of years, and we, we take Labor Day weekend, and we go, and we spend time together with each other. Our family is, um, we're just a sarcastic bunch. That's just part of who we are. You can pray for us. That's just what happens. And um, my wife is the biggest one. No, she's not. I am. <laughs> and and we, I have um, my my girls are very similar to me, unfortunately. And so sarcasm is just part of our, our family. And, and each son-in-law that's come in, they go, whoa, you guys are too much. And they, but they've learned, and they've adopted, and now they're kings of sarcasm as well. Well, my youngest daughter got married in June, and her husband is a quiet guy, an IT person, loves networking and all that, but he's just quiet. And, but he's six feet something tall, likes to lift weights. He's a muscular dude. And um, I just didn't know. This is the first time he's been with our family um, for an extended time in, over Labor Day weekend. And so <laughs> poor guy was going to get hazed. I don't know. I know hazing is bad in college, but in families, I think it's okay. 
<laughs> um, we had nicknames and whatnot for him, and it was, just, it was just bad. One of the things, that, that wasn't really that bad, but um, that's what I was doing. I was, you know, give him a little shove here or, you know, give him a bear hug or whatever, and he just wasn't used to it. And I did that one time, and then, um, have you ever heard that phrase, don't poke the bear too many times? Well, that's what happened. That is what happened. He's six foot something, and he lifts weights, and he's a very muscular dude, and he's in his 20s. He's, he's a very, oh, yeah, right, ready to go. Here, I'm 50-something, and, and I, I don't go to the gym as often, maybe never. And, um, <laughs> and my strength is declining, but I didn't know that. This is what happens when you get old. You just don't realize it. You still think you're 20 or 30, whatever it is. But I did that. I poked him, and something inside him goes, enough is enough. And he turned around, and he grabbed me. And I could feel in his muscles that this was not going to go well for me. And it was going, whatever I could do, whatever I could, okay, Kev, think, whatever, because I knew that he wasn't going to quit. And when something in, in a guy, you just know, I can just feel it. The energy is coming back and goes, you are not going to quit until I'm hurt. And so, because you've had enough of me poking the sarcasm, and I could feel it. And so I go, I got to do whatever I can to stay alive. And we're in the house. And literally, I'm not, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I'm going to hit my head or something. I, I know I'm going to break something. And so I'm just trying to, you know, the rest of the stance wide. And just trying to, and I'm breathing because it's up in the oxygen, you know, and I'm just old. And he's just going at it. And finally I knew. I mean, I knew that he was going to come to his senses and say this isn't enough to let him know that, all right, Kev, I know you're the dad here, but <clears throat> I'm still here and I'm still strong and I can take you anytime you want, so just back off. <laughs> yeah. He was sending me a message and I got it and it was good. Welcome to the family band. It was awesome. <laughs> this is what I learned through that. You need to know your opponent. <laughs> yeah. You need to know yourself, who you are. I thought I was just what I was like when I was 20. Man, I'm 57. I'm not that person anymore. I need to, I learned that I need to go into battle equipped. So if I'm going to engage in that, I need to go start lifting weights, I guess. CrossFit, maybe, I don't know. Something, right? Something to be able to compete. And then the last thing is that it's just really great to be with family. I mean, my son-in-law is awesome. And, and that little piece, I think, broke some ice. And it ain't going to take much longer. I, <laughs> this is going to sound mean, but it's not. <clears throat> kind of have these three categories for my son-in-laws. Some sour cream, Coke, and Pepsi. And they start out as sour cream because... I love them, but I don't like them. And, and then it moves to um, Coke, where I can tolerate them. And I can even have a Coke with my meal, and I can enjoy it, but it's not really like the thing, right? And then eventually they move to Pepsi, which is like, ah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> They're all there on the Pepsi side, which is awesome. I desire <clears throat> that you, 
through a missional community, through an MC, will be able to live fearlessly and free. Because every one of us is in a battle, just like that young rapper who passed away and identified, recognized that we're in this battle. You and I are in this battle. We're in this battle daily for the affections of our heart. We're in this battle daily with Satan wanting you to believe something less about who God is, about who you are, about what he's done, and about what you can do. I pray that you know your opponent. I pray that you know yourself. I pray that you know family. And that's what a missional community will be able to do.